I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Max Rose, joined today for the fifth time by Megan Burkle, owner of Willow Crowns. Megan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. Well, I am so excited to have you back. You are absolutely beloved. If you haven't heard Megan on the show before, her episodes, if you look at the if you look at the stats for Look Ma No Hands, it's like a mountain range. And like at the peak of every mountain, it's my episodes with Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, her advice and guidance um, are so beloved. And I absolutely love having you on, Megan. So first, I'm just going to check in with you. How are you doing? You're running a business and you still have your two kids at home and it doesn't sound like school reopened or camp. So how are you surviving during this time? Um, it depends on the day, I guess. Um, if you're actually surviving, (laughs) I I would, I think it's safe to say surviving. I don't know if anyone is thriving right now. Um, but we are getting through, you know, one day at a time, like everybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I was just talking to Elizabeth Miller. She's the psychotherapist whose episode will have aired right before yours. And we were talking about this just change in the way that we look at other people, that there is no roadmap, that there's no way to do this, that there's no way to get through this in a way that transcends the challenges of this pandemic, that most of us really are in survival mode. We're in fight or flight mode. And we're mostly just doing the best we can one day at a time, but that it's a huge struggle. This is a global pandemic that we're in, and there's a ton of upheaval societally. And it's a challenging time, no matter who you are or how you slice it. Really. It, it really is. Um, and it's it's funny, like no matter how long we do it for, it like I know we keep saying the new normal, the new normal. It never feels like the new normal to me. Like it still feels very foreign. It still feels very uncomfortable. Um, I don't, it's, I think it's really hard that we have to live for a pretty prolonged period of time in this uncomfortable, uncertain place where you really can't settle into it. There's no settling into this. No. And there's nobody telling us like, Hey, this is when this is going to end. Like, it's just this constant state of uncertainty, which is human beings where we really don't thrive that way. We we need to know when just like kids, right. They need structure. We thrive when we know things are going to have a start and an end and what we can plan for. And just the sheer idea of not really being able to make plans or know what the future is going to look like. What can we look forward to that will raise our spirits? We don't know if during the holidays, we're going to be able to get together that can be really challenging for the human spirit. It, so that, that, yeah. I mean, that's a great way to put it. It really does challenge your spirit. I think we're all still doing the things that we have to do. We're all making our kids lunch. We are all doing our jobs. You know, we're, we're checking the boxes, but it really just feels like that's it. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of like, like it's hard to find spirit in living on certain days. 
I completely relate. Sometimes I feel like I'm walking through mud. Like I'm just checking, like lifting my limbs feel kind of heavy, just getting things done, making the lunch, getting my work done, doing whatever it is I'm going to do before bed. It's a, it's like, it's lethargic. That's kind of how it feels. So you've had your kids at home with you this whole time while running Willow Crowns, which we talked about in our last episode, but I would love to get an update for you on what that's like all these many months in. How are your kids doing with all this? Really that answer involves a bigger life update. Um, Maybe like a week after you and I spoke last, um, my husband decided to leave his job. Oh my God. Yes. I did not know this. No. um, He had wanted to for a really long time. Um, his job and the company he worked for were very toxic. And um, there was never a great time. And yeah, certainly not during a global pandemic. Oh my gosh. Right. We don't hear of a lot of people like quitting their jobs. Well, you know, you and I had talked last time about how we kind of lost out on our dream home. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, I do feel confident that that was for a reason. And I just don't know what that is yet. And what it ended up being was that it allowed us to, my husband basically said, I think I'm going to take the rest of the summer off to spend it with you guys. And Oh my God. He's starting something new in August. Um, but he has decided he's been off all of June and he is taking all of July off as well. Um, and because we did not go all in on this new house, we've had the flexibility to do that. And that has been incredible. That's amazing. So you guys are at home and you can really share he, the work that needs to be done. He is basically, we have done like a full role reversal. I've heard that happening with so many people. And he is the one making lunches and, you know, um, you know, doing that sort of thing. And I am basically working a nine to five in my office. Is that blissful, by the way, working a nine to five in your office? It's, um, it's very strange. I, like I, I would say I've not settled into it yet. And I do feel that I have a whole new appreciation for what he must have experienced, you know, providing that pressure. Really? Wow. That's really amazing. It's, you know, I, um, when he was in graduate school, I was working and he was in school. So I was our, our breadwinner then, but it's been a long time since I've been the only one working. And, and so I've heard a lot of that is really strange. There was a New York times article recently about men who have taken over, um, the men who have taken over the child rearing responsibilities, if you will. And um, one of the men interviewed was talking about how he has no desire to go back to the way things were, that having this level of involvement has completely changed the way that he feels about his life and what how he wants to be involved as a dad. And I mean, I saw that in my own husband. Like we don't have, there hasn't been a role reversal for, per se, but there has been just such an increased level of involvement because we both had to step up in ways that we weren't used to stepping up. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm never going back to not spending this much time with our kids again. This is like living. That's true. And my husband actually said to me today, he's like, this has been awesome. He's like, I think every five years, I'm just going to take a summer off. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, wait, why don't we get summers off anyway? Right. We get them when we're kids. He's like, let's get like an RV and put the kids in an RV and like go someplace for the summer. Like it has given him this whole new, it's funny because he is enjoying it. He's loving the time. And I will say that it's been really beneficial for our kids. But on the flip side of that, um, we have a three-year-old and 
he was not around a lot when our oldest daughter was three. Um, actually, one of the reasons he left his job was that he was never here. And yeah. he said, he looked at me the other day. He was like, she's horrible. Like, <laughs> what is happening? And I was like, welcome to three years old. You missed it last time. But this no, is what it looks like. And he's like, oh, my God. So funny. He's enjoying his time with them tremendously, but he's also really had his eyes open to what a three major looks like. And he's like, oh my God, we are done. We are done. That is something else I've heard so many people say is like the number of children that you have in pandemic magnifies times like a hundred. And it feels like I say to my husband, I'm like, Ben, we have so many children. Look at all of our children. There's so many children. (laughs) And it's like, it just feels like the volume and the magnitude of responsibility is so intense that people are saying I'm not having any more kids. Yeah. The walls are closing in. I mean, it's a job that never ends. And on top of that, you mentioned, you know, your youngest is an early riser or your oldest. Both of them. I mean, I think the first one was up at five today. Well, yeah, I've gotten a taste of your life recently because my youngest has woken up. I think she's teething, but she's been waking up at five. And then this morning it was at four 30. Somehow we miraculously got her to go back to bed, but I'm like, I can't get on top of my day. Like she keeps waking up. You know, I started waking up earlier than my kids as a way to sort of feel like I'm on top of things. And like, now my kids are waking up or like they've caught me and they're going to start waking up earlier than I do. I'm like, I can't, I can't catch my breath. I can't get on top of this. And that's crazy. I feel, and you know, I've talked about this so much. Like I have relied really heavily on the ability to have some time without my children in the morning to, you know, mentally prepare for my day. And Mm -hmm. those, you know, this early rising and it encroaching on that time, I said to my husband, I said, the days feel so long. Like, do the days just not feel sometimes interminable to you? Like I haven't had a moment to myself, you know, even though I'm upstairs working and he's down here with them for whatever reason. And I think it's just force of habit. He will literally be sitting in the kitchen doing, you know, nothing completely available. And they will walk by him to come find me to ask me to do something. You're always on duty. And I'm like, you guys, daddy's downstairs. Daddy's downstairs. He can help you. He's there. And he's like, what do you guys need? I'm here to help. And they're like, we want mommy to do it. And I'm like the day, like when those are how, when that's how your days go, they just feel so long. Yes. They really do. And reporting from your future, by the way. So like our kids are in a Montessori school that has reopened and they're back in somewhat of a routine and having that time back to myself again, even when they are home at the end of the day, when I am getting asked for everything and dad's getting bypassed, it still almost feels like the same because I'm not over it. It's like I could take an entire year off just for me. And I probably still wouldn't feel like I had my head back on after being on call and being round the clock in that type of way. It was just so intense. It is Um, so intense. And I think like, and again, you know, you and I were talking about like, we never want to mitigate the fact that people are losing loved ones. And that like during this pandemic, people are truly dying. Like we never want to mitigate that. But in our own way, we have all sustained some kind of emotional trauma. And that absolutely needs to be acknowledged and the grief is real. And like, just, we need to, we need to do a better job of, of acknowledging the members of our population, which is most of them, honestly, who are struggling because of the mental and emotional effects of a pandemic. There's a Zoloft shortage. I started on Zoloft during Corona. (laughs) 
Oh my God. I'm so glad that you're sharing that. Put me on Zoloft because I took like, you know, I said the days feel really long. There was a time when I said to my husband, I cannot get through this day. Yeah. And he was like, that's not okay. And you know, I'm a big believer in therapy, but therapy alone was just not cutting it. Yeah. And so I am contributing personally to the Zoloft shortage. I have to tell you. Hey man, you, and you know what? (laughs) Like at least there's an, I I'm glad to hear that because at least there's like an awareness and, um, an, an understanding that this is going to be really challenging, whether or not you have lost a loved one. That was so much of what I talked about with Elizabeth Miller in the previous episode is that 49% of Americans right now are experiencing somewhere between mild to severe depression as opposed to 34% prior to when the pandemic hit. Both of those numbers are very high, but this is really affecting us and we're not discussing it. It's it's Um, hard. It's hard to talk about. Um, And I think part of my fear of it was like for a while, it's like, if you don't talk about it, then maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe it'll feel better tomorrow. Maybe if stores reopen, then we'll feel better. Or maybe when schools reopen, then we'll feel better. But what I'm starting to realize is that we're all sustaining some level of emotional trauma and it's going to take us a long time to get past it. Like I think about for the Houston people, how many years has it been since Harvey? Three And Mm -hmm. do we all still like see heavy rain and get a little nervous? Do we all like still get a little anxious during big thunderstorms? Yes, we do. And that was years ago. What will, how long lasting will the effects of this be? We can't wait for them to go away on their own because this isn't ending soon. And the effects of this are going to be with us for a very, very long time. So can you talk about, if you're comfortable doing so, some of the reasons, so you were, things were starting to feel hard and you were sharing that with your husband. What did that look like for you? And then how did it change? Like there were honestly days where I felt like I could not take care of my kids. Like, you know, we talked about how everyone's checking the boxes and they're making the lunches. Like yeah, I was struggling to just make the lunches, you know, just yeah. getting through the very basic parts of my day. And it wasn't for a day or three days or five days. It was for weeks and it just kept getting harder and feeling heavier. And we, while the weather was cooler, we were going for walks every morning and we came home from a walk one day and usually a little bit of a walk makes me feel better, you know, get the endorphins going. And I came home and I laid down in our bed and I don't know how long I laid there for. Like just could not get up felt so overwhelmed by the prospect of basic life, just yeah. taking care of children. And, and to be clear, I'm, I'm not talking about taking care of children in like a Pinterest mom way. I'm talking about changing the channel <laughs> right. to the show oh. they want. Like my least involved, most passive version of parenting felt un, untenable. I am like, so I'm, I'm so sad that you've gone through this, but I am so relieved to hear you say that because that was what, I mean, I think of what I was describing and didn't have the words for that after, even with my kids being in school, just because of the heaviness of what's going on in the world right now, I mean, they will come home and like what you just described of not even being able to pick up the remote and change the channel. These little things, they just feel overwhelming. There's too much. And then the guilt would pile on because I'm like, I'm not even doing a good job at this and I can't even do the bad job. Oh like, man. And so it's very, it, it gets very heavy, very quickly. And like 
my husband was just like, this, this is just like, he's like, I'm so worried. I'm so worried about you. I hate to hear you feeling this way. And basically he was like, so today, today we're going to have a telemedicine appointment and we're going to get something for this. And how did you find, did you find that it has made a difference for you? It does help a lot. It has helped a lot. I feel like therapy is more effective at this time. Um, Mm. And it just helps me. I do feel like I know things are going to be difficult for a long time, but I also know that we'll be okay. And I was losing that feeling of we're going to be okay. And now I feel more prepared to like put in the hard work and to do the grind because I know we're going to be okay. And I'm starting to be able to enjoy things like having a spouse who's home and available to us 24 seven. I wasn't even enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm so happy that you shared that. And I'm happy that you're feeling better as a result. And I think your experience is just obviously there's a Zoloft shortage. So it's the same as so many others. And I think there'll be a lot of relief just hearing that because I mean, I think about somebody who's super high functioning and loves life. This is what we've talked about in all of our episodes is your, your absolute I love, love for life. life. Yeah. I, and it can happen to anybody. And I, I totally I totally get that. And I felt a little bit like a fraud at first, but then I, I realized that my, this revelation of no longer loving my life was not something I had done. It was, you know, I've always been like, I'm so intentional. I create this life that I love and I, I own that. Well, I was not able to create anything, you know, like life was what it was and we didn't have any control over that. And so it was almost like I was fighting the idea that my mental state could be changed. Like, yes, like I had to be open to the fact that I'm not immune to feeling really crappy. And I finally accepted that and felt like that was not a shortcoming and that it was a pretty normal reaction to some pretty extraordinary circumstances. uh, I started to feel a lot better. Well, in the past, you know, you and I have talked about organization tips and little things you can do to make the day go easier. And so many of the questions that we received over direct message for this conversation were really related to that. What kinds of stuff are you doing around the house? How are you keeping the kids entertained? And that stuff is helpful to a certain degree, but make no mistake that none of those things are going to solve depression. They're not going to solve acute sadness. And that's what we're doing. I mean, as moms, I see it in mom blogs and mom communities like try all these things and do this with the kids. And I'm like, that's not going to help me feel like I can get out of bed in the morning. Well, that's because just it. if you're, if you're that depressed, there is, there's, I, there's not a closet organization tip I can give you. There is not <laughs> a craft I can suggest that is going to make your day feel easier. It's probably going to make you feel worse because yes. you don't feel that you can do it no matter how simple it is. Amen. And we're used to having, you know, in our lives prior, I think things like that, an organization tip, a style tip would make a difference because there were those types of maybe functional issues we were running into, but we were having regular social interactions. We were seeing ourselves. I mean, part of my biggest struggle right now is I am an extroverted person. I'm not on the high end of extroversion, but I'm right over there. (laughs) And, uh, I, I can't, I can't see myself I have no feedback right now. Like it's just me basically all the time. And so much of what I thrive off of is other people's energy and um, bouncing things off of other people. And that can be, um, that can be really challenging. So, I mean, kudos to you. And um, I'm happy that, you know, your husband 
encouraged you down that road because I, I do really just think so many people are where you were. Like, I can't, I can't lift my hand or my finger right now. This is too hard. And the fact that we're not having that conversation more regularly, um, when everyone is having, I mean, so many people are having those experiences is something I'm hoping to change. So yeah, it's, thank you. It's for true. That. And I, you, I mean, I'll say he didn't lead me down that road. He literally like sat me in front of the computer and was like, now get on Kelsey Seafold and make your appointment. <laughs> getting on a call. And is this, have you ever been on antidepressants prior to no. this? Yeah. They're pretty great, aren't they? I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan today. And um, I definitely... After both of my children were born, and I have to tell you, there is something very special I, about them. And, you know, I've been really fortunate that everybody, all my loved ones are very, very supportive. Uh, yeah. And that's been really awesome. But it, I do, I'm starting to feel like, okay, life is still hard, but I do love my life again. It doesn't mean that I love the way the world is right now. Mm. But yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. it's like I said, it's so hard to thrive in this time. We're really just trying to survive it. Have you found it more difficult to show up on Instagram, on social media during this time? Tremendously so. I think there were a couple of weeks where I like didn't show my face at all. And that was like the worst of it. I just like couldn't, I couldn't even fake it. And I don't want to fake it. I don't want to be on, you know, I don't want anything I put online to be a farce. Um, so I did have a few people after I had been medicating for a few weeks and put my face back on a few people were like, Oh, I missed you so much. Like you haven't been on here. And I just said, you know, it has just been a real time. <laughs> I felt that way too. Actually, I saw your face and I was like, Oh, I missed you. And I thought, <laughs> you know, so many of us feel very hesitant to say anything right now because of both issues that are going on in our country. Yeah. And um, it's challenging to find the words and know what's appropriate to say or to do. And I remember thinking like, oh man, like I really missed her. <laughs> I'm so glad she's back. I'm so happy to hear that. It felt good to be back. I think, you know, sharing over Instagram is something that I've always really enjoyed. It's why uh, my social media is never just willow crowns. There's a huge personal component to it as well. And that's because it's something I have really enjoyed and I wasn't even enjoying that anymore. And so to get back to that and to be enjoying that again and to share house things and products a little bit again has, has been really nice. So you've shared a lot with us in the past about different things you do around the house to stay organized and to keep your kids entertained and get work done while they're at home. What are some of the big fundamental shifts in your daily routine that have occurred since all this started? Well, there's a huge lack of structure. I mean, I can't say that there's any, I don't have actually anything really. Is there anything liberating? Is, do you think, do you think that will be like a permanent, not a permanent change, but do you think there'll be a little bit less structure once we do ease back into some sort of normalcy? It's hard to know actually, because my oldest daughter, her school day is getting extended. Really? Like, so they're going to be at school for more hours each day. So they're going to go an extra 15 minutes each day. And so she actually is going to be home even less during the week. Um, so I do think that that will make our weekends more of kind of a free for all, which I've always been a big fan of protecting our weekends and letting my kids, especially my, my school age daughter, uh, decompress and have that time for themselves. As opposed to like overscheduling uh, them. Overscheduling with like and activities and birthday parties and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I have always been a huge fan of letting them have the weekends for themselves, but I think even more so now I know that she's going to be in school more. Um, those weeks so are going to be really critical for her to recharge because she is right. fairly introverted, actually. She's she's a kid who loves to play with other kids, but she also reaches a limit and then she really needs to recharge alone. 
So I think that's something I will, she has spent a lot of time alone. I have actually not realized how satisfied she is to be by herself. She, do you see that in both of your children? No, no, definitely not. child would be permanently physically attached to my body. If she could, she's three and she basically doesn't even walk anywhere by herself. She likes to be held. And (laughs) that is so I see that in your stories a lot when she's like, mommy, hold me. I I imagine my youngest being like that when she's three. It's funny because my sister's oldest daughter is the same age as my youngest daughter. And she's Uh like, oh my gosh, Megan, you carry that child everywhere. And I'm like, she's my baby. She's the baby. Like I could probably still be carrying that kid when she's five. But um, my older daughter, she actually, I've learned a lot about my kids during quarantine. And I've, I've learned that my oldest daughter is very happy to be on her own. She has needed some social interaction. I actually, we noticed last week, I don't know if you've seen anything like this in your kids, but she had last week, Monday and Tuesday were really hard days for her behaviorally. She just had a lot of meltdowns and she just really struggled. And then we actually had a friend come over to swim on Wednesday. And all of a sudden, since then, perfect. Yeah. It's like she needed she needed a friend. She needed to like as as she as we all do, even though she is a complete introvert and is very happy on her own for extended periods of time, even she gets a little social withdrawal and it like completely perked her up and changed the rest of our week. And it was just Isn't that amazing? And I always try to like pause when something like that happens. Like if my daughter takes a nap and then she ends up being in such a better mood, I try to highlight like, you know, sometimes when mommy is feeling a little bit sad or frustrated, taking a nap really helps me feel better. So I'm really glad it helped you. Like really showing them what it is like, like you had a friend come over and you feel so much better now that makes them feel good. It's just to help um, because, them get that. Um, my husband calls it EQ, emotional intelligence. Like, yes, exactly. Be that self-aware. And it's hard for little kids because at that age, they're just not inherently super self-aware. No, they don't know what to do to make themselves feel better. Well, that's just it. And I think that's another thing we're all struggling with is kids whose behavior is all over the place. Yes, because, because behavior like, of communication. What is happening? Yeah, we had, yeah. We had a night, probably like a month ago, we had had a really perfectly fine day, kid-wise. And all of a sudden, we're my husband and I are downstairs, and my daughter was up in her room, and we can hear her sobbing. And so oh we both go racing up the stairs like, what is wrong? And out of nowhere, she's sobbing that she misses my mom. I miss me. She's crying. She's crying. She's crying. These poor kids, like they just, they have been through so much too. And these emotions come out of nowhere and just completely overwhelm them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're human beings, you know, just like us. And they perceive so much more than we realize they perceive. And they all have different ways of communicating that. I mean, whether it's acting out, that's why I, I mean, I hear statistics about like increases in domestic violence and it's like, well, yes, the things that our kids do to prompt our anger, especially if we don't have any awareness of that are going to be through the roof right now because they act out typically when they're feeling really stressed out. And if you're, you know, abusive. That's going to, yeah, I mean, that's uh, going to cause an increase. Yeah. Everybody's worst inclinations are amplified at this time, um, including Mm -hmm. our children's. But I I will say that I have, you know, learned during this time. um, I've always known this, but I've really had to practice it. Like when my children are being 
their worst, I have to try to find some way to meet them with some empathy. And that's a huge change that I will keep in place moving forward. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that we will encounter a time where our kids' emotions will be so universally challenged. Um, Mm -hmm. But moving forward, I will keep that in place, like really, really trying to meet them with kindness and calm and empathy, no matter how horribly they're behaving. It doesn't mean that there's not discipline needed or some kind of intervention, but I am really going to try to keep in place this empathetic halfway you know, meet them halfway with empathy kind of thing. Cause it has, it has been the only thing that really works for those big emotions right now. I will tell you, I've been thinking a lot about the things that we're going to keep once this is over and the things that just aren't going to stick or aren't going to stick. And having my two girls, you know, they went back to school a couple of weeks ago. So they were home for like a total of two months, but having this perspective of, okay, now all these structures from our life before are pretty much all back in place. Like my husband still goes to his office. I still do the same thing at home and both of our kids are back in school. So what's changed is the world around us, but our old structures are back. So what is it that's sticking? I've been thinking a lot about that. The way that I interact with my oldest when she is having a meltdown after school is 180 degrees different than it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's like this absolutely permanent change the way that I was just dealing with her almost constantly um, between the amount of structure that I was putting on us, which was too much, and um, not really having the patience that I have now to deal with her, whatever her emotional state was. I was constantly working on that, but nothing was really budging. And it's funny, after being home and having to practice, practice, practice yeah. constantly, like giving her space, it really, it does stick. It's really kind of amazing. And it gives me hope for our lives going forward that if for no other reason, I mean, this happened and it's been horrible and it's been so challenging, but there are little things that I try to think of all the time that, you know, we'll hang on to that, that actually are huge improvements on the way that our lives were before. And I know that for me, that's been a big one. Yeah, for sure. That's, you know, so, you know, from a parenting perspective, that's certainly one thing. And then, and just, this is just so cute to me, but another thing is we've had our oldest take on more chores because she's here and it's like, we need to keep her busy. So one thing that we will keep forever probably is since she's an early riser, she has to take the dog out and feed him every morning. Oh, that's precious. That's before she can do anything else, turn on a TV, grab a tablet, anything. Um, and that is something she is now, she calls, she's like, well, I'm his mom now. She's like developed this sense of ownership over him. And that's something yeah, I think will stay for a long time. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I trust you with dishes. You can unload the dishwasher. Like it started as a way to honestly just fill up time. But now I'm like, wow, you're like, full wow. of so many things. You're never getting off the hook for these. And I'm sure she loves that. It's oh, just like adults. She's always like, like, do I get money for this? Ah! She's like, I want to buy this. How much money? She's just like her mom. She's a little entrepreneur. She's like, how much money do I get for this? And I'm like, a quarter. And she's like, oh, that's a lot more quarters to her. That's amazing. She has your spirit. Well, speaking of your business and entrepreneurship, how is Willow Crowns doing in this unprecedented time? What kind of changes have you guys made and what are you seeing like as far as the way people are shopping and how you're meeting them where they're at and all that fun stuff. Very nervous um, at the outset of all of this that I thought um, we were going to see a huge decrease in sales. Um, But, you know, very fortunately, that has not been the case. We are up 40% over last year and we're up 30% over last June. So 
I'm very grateful for that, but it has been, we've had to, man, that's looked a lot different. We've added new products. We have had no packaging staff up until about a week ago. I got one person in here to start helping me package. Um, mm-hmm. But for months I was doing it solo. Um, so my workload increased really exponentially and feeling the pressure to always have great content and great products and to still ship them super quickly and all the while trying to plan ahead for future seasons. Um, It's been very taxing. I'm very, very grateful that we have done so well. Um, But I'm really ready to get my team back. I really miss all the girls that we work with. We've hired people now in, in the interim that I haven't even met yet. Oh my God. So they're working from home and you haven't, I haven't even met them in person yet. And I, I hate that. I, we've brought a couple amazing ladies. I think our group text now has 19 people on it. Um, I like want to learn how to make bows so I can be (laughs) honest. It just seems so much, it just seems so much fun. And you've been pumping out the bows way faster. It seems like to me, having followed you for a while, it seems like we're seeing a lot more styles. Yes. Well, and honestly, I have been very resistant to, I I don't like change. I don't like change. And what I have learned from this pandemic is that change sometimes is a really good thing. And people would ask Mm -hmm. for something. And in the past, I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't want to, it's, that's a logistical nightmare. It's a lot of extra work for me. And I just don't want to. And I think during COVID times, I felt like, well, if that's what people want and it's what's going to keep selling products so we can keep employing all these people, then I'm going to be open to those changes. And wow, um, did being open to some changes and honestly, yes, more work logistically, but not as much as I had envisioned. Like, you know, anytime you are, you're looking at the prospect of something new, it can feel very daunting. Um, Yeah, it was it's not to say that there's not a lot of work involved or that it's not difficult, but it was not as difficult as I had projected to bring these new products on. Like one of the things we started doing was waterproof bows and it was kind of something I did like on a whim and then they blew up and I was like, everyone loved them. I saw they're amazing. I was like, Oh, we got to make more of these. We got to make a lot more of these. Like the summer is limited. We got to get these out. And so we have been just pumping out these waterproof bows. And when I've come back from my vacation in July. We are going to have an obscene number of like swim scrunchies and that sort of thing. But that has been a really good takeaway for me. Like I need to be open to change because some, like I I said, we're up over last year by 40% and it's only halfway through the year. That's incredible, Megan. And that's because people wanted some, and I just, I am so resistant to change, but this has been a big takeaway. Like we've, we've got to embrace the change and we, but we, and we can do things. We can give people what they want in a way that maintains the integrity of Willow Crowns and the aesthetic that I feel that our brand identifies with, which was always a concern. Um, But I feel good about it. I'm glad we've done it. And it's been a really busy time, but like I said, now I have my husband home um, to help me with that. He's officially my my new box folder. That's amazing. And by the time he goes back to work, your kids will be going back to school. Have they announced that they're opening? They are. They are. Okay. So he goes back in August. He's like I said, he's taking the rest of June and July off to um, just 
be on summer break. And then he goes back in August and um, they will go back at the end of August. So we will have a few weeks in August with him. I don't know if he'll be going into his new office or if he'll be working from home. I don't yeah. know what that's going to look like yet, um, but they will be going back to school at the end of August. Um, and so that's like a light at the end of the tunnel, really. It feels in some that ways. way. Yep, it does. Um, it just feels. I, I'm like I'm not hanging my hat on it. Like I, there's a part of me that's like, will it really happen? Because especially here in yeah. Texas, we're seeing a huge increase in cases. I'm like, what's going to happen? I just, I, I used to think I could pretty safely predict and now I've learned I know nothing and I should just be quiet. Well, that's what I think is causing so much of our societal unrest and, and weightiness and depression and anxiety right now is that we just have no clue what's around the corner and there's not this thing we can really hang our hat on. And nobody uh, knows. That's the thing. Like there is nobody who can be really authoritatively say like, this is what's going to happen. This is brand new to everybody. No. And I mean, we can want very badly to send our children back to school and to go back out to restaurants, but we can't prevent, we, I mean, we have no control over the fact that once we all do that, this virus breaks out and causes a lot of harm. And it's a very, it's an unprecedented situation that none of us are familiar with. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm hopeful that schools will reopen in the fall as well. I'm keeping my eyes and ears open um, and we'll see, but yeah, I mean, our kids need, uh, I think our kids enjoy really enjoy being home with us to a certain degree, but we all know that they need that structure and they need to see your friend, their friends as you're seeing with your oldest. So, I mean, you know, I know I, and you know, I love, love, love my kids to death, but I, I can tell you, we are all really ready for yeah. some time apart. Oh my God. That's the <laughs> basic tenet of any good relationship is that you have time <laughs> away from each other, right? Really? It's really like, need, um, my husband and I would love to have some time alone. Yeah. Just the two of you. And I know that my children would love to see some other people. Yes. Um, and when we do, that will be a beautiful day. It will be an amazing day. Cannot wait. Um, really needs to happen. So what are some of the, we always talk about your little rhythms and organization tricks and tips and all these things that you do, honestly, to keep your home immaculately clean. Um, have we lowered the standard in the pandemic for the cleanliness? No, of the purple household, I have gone like full crazy. Oh, we've tightened it. Okay. I mean, mm -hmm. this is probably, this was probably an early indication that medication was needed. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you have started following that Instagram account, Go Clean Co., uh, no, I haven't. Should I? You okay. forgot to. I am like, honestly, next to you, probably like the last person to jump on this bandwagon. But it's this woman who owns a cleaning company in Canada, and she has gone viral during pandemic. And really, I've never heard of her, but you've gotten me into a lot of the people that I follow, like Kathleen Jennings Beauty. If you're not following her and you're listening to this, listen, follow her. Um, okay, so I'm going to follow them. They, I mean, and she just is like, she tells it like it is. She's hysterical and she knows how to clean. And I, Amazing. my baseboards have never been so clean. Like I have been. Oh my gosh, she has 600,000 followers. I'm looking at right, right now. Um, wow. 
And she, she, she cracks me up. She's like, you guys all stopped being hippies real quick. Once the pandemic hit, didn't you? Like <laughs> Without like with the cleaning products. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so um, I, we all stopped being hippies. Super it's funny. And so she has all these tips about like, here's the easiest way to clean your baseboards or here's a product. Like I had been cleaning my toilet completely wrong. Now I use the liquid barkeepers friend in my toilet and my toilets have never been so clean. Um, no way. So I don't actually think that I'm spending a lot more time cleaning. I she's made me a more efficient cleaner. I'm very grateful. Um, That's incredible. I'm looking at her right but now. But I will like say, having so few places to go outside your home and having so little control over things that are not in your home, mm-hmm. um, I have really taken control of my home because it's really all I have right now to control. Yep. Um, and we're here so much. And I'm like, you guys are filthy animals. Why? I was telling my husband all these things that I wanted to change in our living room the other day that he's never noticed. And he looked at me and he was like, wow, you have been spending way too much time in this house. And you're like, I know. Because I never, <laughs> yeah, you're staring at something and you want to fix it. That's why I think I'm pretty sure plastic surgery is up as well right now oh, because sure. people have been staring at themselves like stuck in their house, staring at themselves. And it's like not a normal amount of time to be looking at your face and you're going to go fix all these things that you didn't even think were wrong with it before. I think it's kind of like the same with our, with our homes. I labeled, I have one of those like cool little label makers that does like the vintagey black, whatever they're called, like the old school labels. And I, um, I used it to label like our hand and dish soap the other day in these cool little glass bottles. And I sent a picture of it to my husband and I said, Like, I don't understand why you would think that any, that this labeling means I've lost my mind, like in any way whatsoever. Like all I'm doing is running around the house and labeling Labeling ourselves. Like I'm just, yeah, labeling things. Like it makes me feel like I'm in control of something for just a second, you know? And sometimes I'm just like, screw it. I mean, it just feels like things get so much, our house is so much more lived in. I feel like the wear and tear that we've done to this house because we've been quarantined inside of it for the last four months is like what we might've done over five years because we've just been using it oh, so heavily. Sure. I'm, I, I just can't get over it. Um, yeah, I yeah, I can't. The amount of dishes that are used on a daily basis. Um, it's insane. These are the things that like, you know, you're like really worn down from pandemic parenting when you are like the next person to get a cup out is in timeout. One cup per person per day. Like, one cup. I know. Oh and the paper, God, we've been using like paper plates. I know. Oh my God. I don't even understand. We have like 800 sippy cups in this house. And I, by the end of the day, I can't find a lid to one of them because they've all been used. I'm just like, how? <laughs> so I feel like our house has definitely been very lived in and we're using a tremendous amount of cups and yep, all that. I just, it's been, it's just so, it's the strangest thing. I am, I think we're just all so done. And you're ready to kind of get out. So you're going to get out for a little bit, see your family. Yes, we are going to see our family. Um, we have not seen either set of parent, parents, his or mine, since December, which yeah. is the longest that we have ever gone. It's the longest that our children have ever gone. And they actually have not seen their cousins since November. So wow. I don't know why I said November, but November. And November. It's just been a really long time and, um, I am nervous about, I, I'm just going to own my choices. We are flying to Maine and I am a little nervous about that. I said to my husband, like, are we insane, um, to be doing this with everything that's going on? And he's very much the voice of reason. He's extremely, 
um, yeah, careful and practical. And he, he said, no, I, I think one, I think all of our mental health, our, our collective well-being really needs this. I think that is a priority for us. Um, we've been, really- and that's such a hugely important part of this time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, our- that is an important factor. I've got a child who's sobbing at night because she hasn't seen her grandmother. Um, yeah, I have, you know, been going through my own things and, um, we, we really all just need some time with our family and we've been really careful. You know, we've gone very few places, um, and we wear our masks and we wash our hands and we use our hand sanitizer. And, um, I've been really comforted by the latest numbers on the effectiveness of mask wearing. Yes, Um, it's very assuring. It is. I mean, I think it's like one and a half percent if everyone is wearing masks. Um, and so I feel like we're doing our part on that. And obviously, you know, when we are um, home, we won't, this is really sad, but we, we won't be seeing my grandparents um, because they're high risk um, and no yeah. one else is seeing them right now either. Um, we'll be, that has to be so hard it's for them. Very like hard. I just- it is, it's really hard. But like my grandfather, actually, he recently, um, he fell and broke his arm oh, man. in three places. And they actually won't do surgery on him. He really, they don't want him exposed. Yeah. And he's just so high risk. Yeah. um, That I'm like, well, if they won't even operate on him in hospital, we have no business seeing him. Um, And so that's difficult, but we have to, you know, make the smart choices. Um, And we will be, you know, quarantined in my parents' house and, yeah. all that stuff. So it's, it's a little bit of a weird time to make that decision to do it. But I, I will say, I think the, the driving factor is we know we're going to do it in the safest way we can. And we really like our mental health really needs this. Well, Houston is also just like this hotbed for coronavirus right now. So we're becoming like the new Mecca for COVID-19. <laughs> and it's just so depressing. Like, even though it's just so depressing and we're, my husband and I are like, we got to get out of here too. So we're, we're taking a road trip, which honestly, I don't think is any safer than flying. We're just doing it because we're bringing our dog because we're crazy. Um, and with the two kids, we've driven to Colorado many times. So it's something we just kind of know how to do. And, um, you know, it's not without its challenges, but we're going to be going to gas stations to use the restroom and like all this other stuff. So I feel like I've heard the precautions that the airlines are taking are pretty solid. Um, I know several people who've flown and they're like, I feel kind of safer in the air than down here. So, <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's the, you know, and I said to my husband, like, we should go get tested before we fly. Yeah. Sure, because I don't want to get on a plane if any of us have it. And I, I don't know if I've been like had my head in the sand or what, but like, I did not know you could not get a test, um, without having symptoms. Oh, and right now you really can't get one. I mean, like I just saw this Instagram video of this woman whose husband is a doctor. It's been going kind of viral in Houston recently. Oh, is it Montgomery? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. I've been watching <laughs> like, her lives. They have been very eye-opening. Very eye-opening. And Texas Children's Hospital is running out of ICU beds for adults right now because they're using their ICU for adults. So it's just really not a fun time to be in Houston or to be trying to get a coronavirus test. So I really don't blame I mean, anyone. You can't. I was, I was, and she was saying too, like she had, um, she had, she tested positive as well. Um, and she said that she wanted to get her children tested and they told her they no. Wouldn't. And she said, but no, my husband is a physician. Like he'll be a super spreader. Like, yeah. And they no. said, no. and they said, no, unless you're yeah. symptomatic, like you don't have 
symptoms. Now, I did hear someone say that maybe they're moving people to Texas Children's. They're non-COVID patients, and they're just trying to keep all the non-COVID patients away from COVID patients. So I'm hopeful that that's yeah. the case and not that they're running out of beds, but... Well, that's good to hear. I, I'm hopeful that that's the case, but it's just like a really weird time. And I'm like, I love Houston and I, I, poor Houston has been through so much in the past few years. Oh my gosh. And now here we go. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you need some face from it. It's just a weird time. It's a weird time. So I'm, I am gonna, it's gonna just be nice to be back in the fold with our family. Like we have really felt obviously like their love and support, but like, I'm super, super close with my mother and I've been through a really difficult time the past couple of months without her. And so to get back with her, um, and to see my nieces and actually I'm about to have a nephew. I just found out we are Ryan's brother and his wife are expecting. So like just to get back with our nieces and our family and celebrate some happy things with them is just, it's, it's, we are clinging to that, like to have that to look forward to and, you know, I'm going to do my annual go dark on Instagram. So important Social and necessary. media blackout for a couple of weeks and take, close the shop. I'm going to be right weeks. there with you. <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm going to be right there with you on the blackout. I feel like I just need it. I think we um, all Especially do. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So much. There's so much to take in right now. And if I feel like if you're an empath at all, you feel that oh. so heavily. I get up in the morning and like the first, right after I, you know, I don't check my phone first thing, but when I do check it, um, the first time I look at it, it's like, I feel like I'm just being yelled at by my social media. It's just too much information. Um, it's overwhelming me and it's time to take a little break so that I can show up as I would hope others would as well. well. I mean, none of us can. That's just it. I hope that we have all been able, like, we don't want to not know what's going on in the world. There's a lot of change that needs to be made and we need to have our ears and eyes open if we're going to participate in that. Absolutely. But yes, at a, we do reach a point where it starts to feel so, so heavy. So it's like, okay, we, I, I want to have done my looking and my listening and then. But we can't be the, part of it if we're Turn drained. the sound off for a little while and think about how I'm going to do that and yes. put that into to real action because it sometimes does feel like just constant being yelled at. Yeah, exactly. And there's no time to process it. It's a barrage and it it's like we need to we're not meant to even take in that much information. No, I so, just, like I certainly can't. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I'm so happy that you're getting a break and I'm so happy that you are feeling better and so happy to have you on my show again and I hope that you have a wonderful time oh, with your family. Thank you. I hope you guys have a wonderful road trip. Thank you. Thank you. A real thank you. adventure. Oh my God. Yeah. We're a little crazy, but Hey, you know, we did it before with another family and their dog. So this is going to be like, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be like smooth sailing. Memories will be made one way or the other. Good. Bad, memories <laughs> will be made. Exactly. Exactly. And thank you all so much for joining me. Um, your host, Laura Max Rose, and I look forward to joining you again next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. 
There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mom, 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 mom.